Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A lyrical tapestry of a place and a people, King Cole meditates on the complex history and future of the coal industry, the communities it has shaped, and the myths that it has created. Oscar-nominated filmmaker Elaine McMillian Sheldon reshapes the boundaries of a documentary as a spectacularly beautiful and deeply moving immersion into central Appalachia. I'm going to leave it there. It's a beautiful film, that is for certain, and it is lyrical, and it is takes you to places and gives you a perspective on coal that I have never had before. And for that alone, I I, I want to just say, Elaine, thank you so much for not only a perception of coal that I did not have, but of the communities in which this is king. Talk a little bit about what inspired this. First, it started with documenting the, the coal culture scenes you see. So in the film, we show how coal um, influences belonging and identity. You see kids in the classroom learning about it. You see science fairs. You see pageants. You see 5Ks where they throw fake coal dust on people. And that's how the film originally began. But then COVID hit, actually, and we stopped filming. And I started reflecting on what is it I really want to say with all this? You know, it's fine to document the reality on the ground, but we're at, a, we're at a very urgent point right now where we don't know what the future is and there's communities being left behind in the conversation. And so how can we bring them into the future with us? And so then the film became one that was really trying to deeply explore the myths, the power of myths, the power of stories, identity. And so I held on to making the film for the next you know couple of years as it led me to you know, casting young girls at dance studios that we would experience the film through um, writing narration that was deeply personal about my own family, um, narrating the actual film, you know, just sort of breaking my own rules about what, uh, how a documentary could be made to get to a more internal and less seen truth. It is beautiful. And your narration in it is heartfelt. You can tell your, what you're saying, what you're talking about comes from somewhere very personal. And I think this is something that for people who are going to watch this film to understand how pervasive, I don't know if that's exactly the right word, but it's immersive is the word that's used in some of the descriptions of this industry and its impact on the on the communities of central Appalachia. Part of it is that it's so remote. It's so removed from almost, intera- almost I don't know how much interaction, you can tell me more about its interaction with communities outside of this region. But it feels from what I see in the film and just from my own general history of of the knowing about this area, it is isolated, is it? Yeah, well, yeah. So Appalachia, the sort of thing that defines us is the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, it's generally a place that's kind of hard to get in and out of. And that holds a lot of natural resources, including coal. Um, That's just one of them. So yeah, the culture that developed here, even pre-industrialization was one that was pretty isolated and, and continues to sort of like be able to hold on to portions of that because of our sort of connectedness with land. Let's define the geography of Appalachia. Yeah. So I I think that 
the well the Appalachian Mountains run from Maine to Georgia but that but Maine is not considered Appalachia and there are parts of Alabama that are are Appalachia so the Appalachian Regional Commission is is sort of the federal organization um, arm that defines the region of Appalachia and I think I want to say there's 13 states that make it up but I'm most familiar and I'm from central Appalachia which is known as sort of the the heart and center of the coal fields and West Virginia the state I grew up in is is the only state in Appalachia that the full state is in it so it's parts of Kentucky like eastern Kentucky or southwestern Virginia northern Virginia and south Appalachia so it's but West Virginia my entire state is is Appalachia um and so yeah it would be seen as sort of the the Eastern Seaboard and Appalachia defined by the Appalachia Regional Commission was mostly defined around economics and geography. So these mountainous places that also were struggling with poverty. That was the original sort of formation of the war on poverty in the Appalachian Regional Commission. And another thing that's explored in the film and something I'm a musical, I really love music from of all kinds of, and from all these, all, all different places. And the music that can't, has come out of that region is the is for me the purest definition of American, what we now is considered Americana music. There's something about that. Maybe it's the isolation, whatever it is, the ethnic heritage, whatever it might be. And you people know this, but that music is so elemental. It's so it's so it's storytelling at it at, at at its rawest level define the importance of music in the, in this part of the world yeah music is life really it's how you pass stories it's passing culture my my papa who's in the film my grandpa he's the one that you hear playing the fiddle a little bit in here and you know um old time music bluegrass music those those are sort of the sounds that you we usually equate with appalachia which for most people when they see the film they're going to hear a score that's largely percussion and so it's going to be a surprise to them that you know there's not a lot of banjos in there <laughs> but yeah that that's the way stories are told and that's the way they're passed on so it's so important i think of it as the again the purest most original american music that I, I mean, jazz has come along, and even jazz was influenced in some way by by the rhythms. By there was this back and forth. There's so much in that area, and I guess what I'm talking about in a greater sense is the sense of connection to the place where they live, and that's yeah. Is that right? Is that a yeah, yeah. I think that in uh, you see a lot of influences in those folk songs from British ballads and Scottish and Irish ballads as well, but also the African-American banjo history is, is, is really incredible as well. So it it is a very melting pot, original American style of music that is, is still persists here. Yeah. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Elaine McMillian Sheldon, and she is the director as well as wears other hats in this film. Let's see your producer. What else? What what, what am I leaving just, out? You know, just do it all. Co-editor. <laughs> you just got to do it all. And the film is called King Cole. And I, again, another thing I loved about the film, King Cole, the title tells you a lot. But also, I've never heard it referred to as the kingdom, which I mm -hmm. thought was a wonderful way of framing this 
this story, this documentary. Talk about why is that? Is that how it's referred to? Or is that something that you've you you came up with in terms of? That's something that we sort of framed narratively with the film to call it the kingdom because I didn't want the film to be about. You know, we filmed in southwestern Pennsylvania, eastern Kentucky, all of West Virginia, southwestern Virginia, East Tennessee, western North Carolina, which is like sort of that heart of Appalachia. And I didn't want there being location markers all over the film as like, this is the place we are now. And so we felt like if we could just frame this as the kingdom, then people would see it as this, you know, this sort of like place that um, is tied together by this one king. And so the the formation of the king through the writing, it really came from the fact that, you know, people do have a certain idea and certain perception of this region and a certain perception of coal. And I'm very aware as someone who is from here and has continues to live here of those stereotypes. And so how can we tell a new story? And we wanted to tell that in a new way. And so using that kingdom metaphor was important because I do think there's a, there's a, there's lots of elements of magical realism and fable in this documentary, which is an interesting blend to experience. Um, but the kingdom does is full of riches beyond coal as well. So yeah, it was a it was a useful metaphor. Yeah, and when you think about the the founding of America, there are a few things. Cotton was king. The things that are they're elemental, right? Clothing, mm-hmm. exports, the ability to. Uh, to do that with cotton, how important it was to the South. But coal was instrumental in the industrialization of the country, turning it from an agrarian society, moving it more towards an industrial power. And that would not have been possible without coal. So there is not only is the, the, and also the difficulty with which coal is extracted from the earth is it's all these things are to me, bonding elements in the story. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think maybe it's underestimated by the average American how much was sacrificed, both from uh, a work life and, and an environmental point of view, so that we could have comfortable lives. And I think that that provides a bit of attention for the people that live in this region is they, they feel like they've given a lot and people don't recognize that and everyone's ready to move on. And so there's an urgency and a relevance to the story and of the conversation of who's left behind in the conversation. But yeah, you're absolutely right. And now I think the call to action for this film is to say, we don't need a king anymore, right? Like we're moving, that's our history. And what can we be beyond the king? And and who are we before the king and after the king? King coal is there's king corn, there's cotton, there's oil, there's you know, all the things that have dominated communities for the demand of outside resources. Thank you for introducing that to that part to this uh, conversation. Is it is also about transition. The film is about communities coming to, to understand they, they have this incredible resource, these mountains, this environment in which they can flourish. And that is the direction we're hopefully all moving into is, is that. Yeah. I mean, one of the big goals with this film was to put coal back into the land, to see it not just as the king, as the thing that defines us. And that if we don't have it, we're nothing, which I think is how political leaders like to frame this, you know, if coal dies, then you're nothing. That's not true. What are the, what are the things that are all around us that 
were our riches before we centered the king. Um, and I think that's a universal story. We're all from a place and our identities are all informed by a place. And so whether it's timber or lobster or fishing or whatever it might be, we all come from a place that offers something. And when that something is is gone, it is it's a time of grieving and mourning for people. And we need to provide the space for people to figure out their next step without just getting anxious with them and telling them to move on, like get over it, right? And that's what this film really became. It was like a cinematic way for us to collectively grieve and move forward together in a positive way. And we we all are in a in that transition. We're all, whether we know it or not, we're we're all about to make a transition. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, so for us to understand that and not start stereotyping or pigeonholing or whatever it might be, I want to let people know that King Cole is going to be opening in New York on August 11th at the DC TV theater. That's John Alpert's theater and what they call it, the uh, firehouse in yeah. uh, New York City, opening and rolling out across the country, what, uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, in Charleston, West Virginia, Ohio, many of the places that will be very, very uh, relatable to the film. And, and from there, uh, we're looking at coming here to Los Angeles on August 25th at the Lemley Glendale Theater. So we'll be looking for that as well. You can go to the filmschoolradio.com website for posting on that. And there's a website for King Cole. Yes, oh. kingcolefilm.com. One last part I want to really explore is that uh, the use of these young women. And I'm so glad you used young women because they are the future. <laughs> and um, but is it Lane Marsh and Gabrielle Wilson that we mm -hmm. are the young women that we see featured in the film? And it, it's they're beautifully they're shot. I mean, it's like a it's like a narrative film. There's so much of this is, feels like a narrative film. And this is certainly the, the part of the film that I thought was just well, it's all spectacular. By the way, your husband did a wonderful job on the cinematography. So um but uh, Lane and Gabrielle and others who are in the film, you mentioned earlier. They So we actually cast Lainey and Gabby at local dance studios. And we knew we wanted kids to be the center of it once this documentary footage was proving that kids were already at the center of it. But we wanted dancers. We didn't want actors. We wanted kids that had real experience with coal country. They lived in West Virginia. And so... Um, Lainey knew her coal history. She comes from generations of miners. And Gabby actually learned her coal history while making this film. She didn't know that her great grandpa was a miner until her grandma took her there in the film. So we were able to sort of see nonfiction happen within this element that was staged in some ways, you know, by having two dancers be at the center of this. But it was important to me because as the narrator, you know, I'm a coal miner's daughter myself and having the voice of young women felt relevant with my, me as the narr narrator it felt like it was just the right way to enter a story that is so politicized and so closed in so many ways and open it up with humor and lightness and um, thinking about the future rather than just the sins of the past well congratulations on this wonderful film king cole again opening at the dc tv theater in new york city on august 11th and you can go to kingcolefilm.com to find out more about where it will be screening, but here in Los Angeles at the Lemley Glendale on August 25th. And Eileen McMillian Sheldon, thank you so very much for your work. Uh, by the way, Oscar-nominated, Emmy-winning uh, filmmaker. Thank you so very much for your time. Thank you, Mike.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.